You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Almost 900 receiving yards in his CFL career. Don't say almost 900. 869 receiving yards. Nice. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Cura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Thai. Man, much of Canada, well, at least Western Canada, under a heat warning right now. I think the worst part about this now being on video and the fact I can see you is that I now have to dress. Just the top half. <laughs> yeah, you can't see below my chest, so that that's probably a, a good thing for you. When I, I mean, when I take off my shirt, though, it still looks like I'm wearing a shirt, just that it's white. <laughs> yeah, if if you were like in a field, you would be a hazard to air airlines oh. because. <laughs> well, I said quick, quick, quick story. I bought. I went to buy tape for my knee and my heel because of blisters because I got brand new shoes, right? And my knee is screwed up again. And, oh, golf shirt on sale. I'm like, oh, it's a dark on the top, kind of that salmon-y pink on the bottom and a white stripe in the middle. Well, it lines up perfectly. <laughs> like, it just, it's terrible. The glass cutters are in the white oh, stripe for people yeah. that don't know. <laughs> and I had it tucked in today, so that went well. <laughs> So I'll be camping in Jasper this weekend, and we're staying at a campground without a shower. So my wife is already dreading it. Pack up the baby wipes. Yeah, when when we go camping, I'm full bush, man. Like, I... (laughs) My, my beard is really unruly right now. Yeah, I was going to say. It's impressive. <laughs> Should mention that after the long weekend, on Tuesdays to and out... CFL Hall of Famer Nick Lewis will be joining the show. I can't wait to Rider talk killer. to yes, Mr. Nick Lewis, who uh, quite obviously the distinguished CFL career. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds, and the podcast tells the stories of how these endowments intersect with the community. Episode 127, their latest episode, introduces us to windmill microlending. The innovative charity provides microloans to help immigrants and refugees continue their careers in Canada. You can check that out and subscribe to the podcast at the wellendowedpodcast.com. In the huddle with Kura and Ty on the Two and Out podcast. All right, Ty, the Edmonton Elks are on bye in week eight, but they've been busy. They hardly knew them. Punter John Ryan is now a member of the Edmonton Elks. Hamilton trading him for 
a conditional draft pick in the eighth round of the 2023 draft. Stay so, hot, Chris Jones. You could have just signed him. Well, I know. This was, what, eight days ago that he signed <laughs> with the Ticats, something like that. We'll see if he does get on the field in Edmonton. Mangle hasn't, well, he's been kind of off and on. Who has a more storied career, Peter Dyakowski with the Argos or John Ryan with the Tiger Cats? Those are uh, two jersey purchases, I think, that you have in your future. Oh, man. That's like getting a Jason Monsigny or Oilers jersey. The Elks have also acquired Canadian receiver Levi Noel. He hasn't been on the field with the offense this year in Ottawa, but he's... A good special teamer. He was a good special teamer with the Argos before signing in Ottawa. He does have four touchdown uh, catches, 82 catches, almost 900 receiving yards in his CFL career. Don't say almost 900. 869 receiving yards. Nice. (laughs) So there you go. The Elks are staying busy. Are they going to make that trade for... uh, Vernon Adams, Adams Jr., who's on the one-game injured list for the Alouettes this week. We we have proof it was talked about. I know. That's it. That's, that's all we hilarious. got. Like, I know people are paranoid and they, like, tape up their webcam. <laughs> right? Oh, they're spying on like, Yeah, yeah. Victor Kui and uh, Gary, Gary Stern. Stern did not get that memo. <laughs> I want to ask you about uh, Sunday afternoon CFL football. It seems like... There's been a positive conversation surrounding that from this past weekend. Almost 650,000 people watched the Argos and the Riders, which is quite remarkable considering the game was not supposed to happen. And I think the, the Riders, the, the Riders being in it is a, is a big factor that can't be overlooked either. Yeah, yeah. And, and during the summer, uh, the Jays, they usually play Sunday afternoon. They're done. And then if you got CFL football, it's a great way to end the weekend. Yeah. It really showed up in the ratings. And this weekend, I know it's a long weekend. But we've got the one game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's long weekend, a little bit different. But we'll see how that one does in the ratings. And it does involve Ottawa and Toronto. Mm-hmm. so a little bit different than involving Green and white, uh, Rider Nation, you know, and uh, fun competitive game, although this Sunday's yeah. <laughs> might have some crazy plays yeah. as well. I wonder what this is going to do uh, going forward or next season for the schedule, because traditionally, up until the past few seasons, there has been Sunday football, but it Thursday... mainly Sundays was mainly saved for long weekends. Yeah. And now Thursday night football came in and they completely abandon it uh, once the NFL starts, which, which I get, although if historically, but why go up against, and not just because it's the NFL, but if you're a football fan, you watch both. Why, why do you want to have to pick? I I think it's uh, that probably is a big thing to do from the broadcaster, because if you look Mm -hmm. at the ratings, they're right in the mix. They're, they're top Two, three, even if the NFL's on. But the broadcaster broadcasts both, so they, they probably want to clear everything everything up. But I'm wondering if Sunday afternoons might be a thing starting in 2023 because I enjoyed I, it. I thoroughly enjoy that, and, and I think it's because, and I'm not, I don't want to say I'm stealing it, but if you haven't seen it, we'll have to tweet it out. Uh, Steve Etter in Prince George had a little bit of a rant 
He had a pretty it good, really a uh, pretty good point. It was, it was yeah. a discussion that he had had, and you know, NFL fans are groomed. For that ooh, that's a tough word to be saying nowadays, but like well, they Sundays, own Sunday, yeah. they own Sundays. It's it's so Mountain Standard Time eleven two six thirty. Yeah, there's football on all day. You know when it's on. You know there's going to be a game on at those times. You're not guessing. Now, left guessing on a Friday. Is it a doubleheader tonight, or is it only one? Is it three games Saturday, or is it just one and there's two Friday night? You know, are we moving the game to Sunday, and then it comes a long weekend, you got a game on the Monday. The CFL is kind of shooting themselves in the foot, having such an, I shouldn't say obscure, but just abnormal. It's all over the place, yeah. It's all over the place from Thursday. We've had Tuesday, Wednesday games before, too. And not even just because of the Elks situation last year, but we've had Wednesday night football on a regular season. We really only know Labor Day. That's right. As as it's kind of an out there Monday, Friday kind of thing, right? Uh, If they could make it, I I don't think you'd want in the summer all four games put into your Sunday. I I don't think you can get rid of Friday night football. No, and I I honestly think though that logistic, like if you went Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and do a doubleheader on Sundays, like you kind of have your you could save Sundays for like kind of marquee stuff, especially like you could have a Sunday night football. That, start, that kicks off at, you know, 5 o'clock mountain, 4 o'clock mountain. It's not too late in the east. It's not stupid early. If you go to the lake, you can still be home at a decent time if, you're, if you want to catch that game. Like, it makes it, like, Saturdays, people are busy. It's the day you can go and get stuff done. Stuff is open. Things are, things are happening. To put a doubleheader, I mean, it's real tough to, to fit into your schedule. Like, even as somebody who wants to watch every game, I can't. Because like, I got a PVR so much of it, because you know a Saturday afternoon kickoff at one o'clock just doesn't work for me. Especially in the summer, you only get so many good weekends. I'd be okay with. Uh, I think Friday night football at this point is an institution. Yeah, I mean, bring back the jingle full time. I'm, I'm enjoying well, hearing that yeah. for the 25th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. So uh, Friday night, you could do Thursday night until the NFL fires up. Yep. I'm and okay then, with ditching Thursday and doing Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I think every Sunday should be a doubleheader until NFL fires up. I think it'd be get, good. I, I'd be okay with that. By that time, I mean, the weekends, you're not doing a lot of yard work anymore come October, September, October. Well, maybe September you still are. But, you know, when it gets into cold weather games, you're not going to be, at least out west, you're not outside as much. Yeah. And and at the lake, like let's say you go to the lake, and there's three games on that Saturday you really want to sit around and listen to three football games or would you rather just have one? Right. And you can kind of plan your day around that kind of stuff. Not when is it? The official team of Thursday night football this season is the Montreal Alouettes. Mm -hmm. What is it? uh, Six straight or something? I think so. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They're in Hamilton where the Ticats are three point favorites over under is at uh, 49 here. A big addition for the Owls this week, center Sean Jamison returning to the lineup after missing the last three games. We've seen what it did to the Riders, and the Owls had some problems adjusting to it too. When you lose your center, it just creates all sorts of ripple effects throughout your offense. He's He touches the ball as much, if not a little bit more, depending on direct snaps. Well, yeah, or long snappers too, but as much as the quarterback. He doesn't make the plays like the quarterback does, but I, I feel like he's not that much less important because a bad snap just ruins everything. 
And if you don't have that continuity and that, com- that comfortability and, and rapport with your center, it's really tough to get that, you know, with two days of practice when he gets hurt. So him coming back is going to be a huge boost to that offense and especially that old line. So the Owls are coming off that crazy win against uh, Ottawa last week. Jeshwin Antwi. Are had... they still reviewing that? Or... <laughs> yeah, we'll see what the reviews are like this what, week. What, what ends first, that review or Willie Jefferson crossing the goal line? <laughs> Antwi had seven carries for 79 yards, but one of them was a 55-yarder. Yeah. Walter Fletcher had three for five. The running game. The wrong guy. I will say they had three rushing touchdowns from Dom Davis, though. <laughs> Ottawa fans are just hating that right now. <laughs> so there is some sort of, I guess, success from the running game. One yard punt, but don't, don't, don't do that. Why, why that. do you do that? That's one of my favorite stat lines: six carries, six yards, three touchdowns. Do you have the guts? To put Dom Davis in your lineup against the Ticats. No. You're thinking. No, I can thinking. see the wheels turning. Yeah, the wheels turning, but the hamster's dead. It's way too hot for it to be outside today. Um, I mean, with this with this Hamilton team, I mean, I don't know. We don't know what they are. Uh, there's, there's lots of opportunity where Montreal could get down there, but then there's also you also have Jake Winnicky, Eugene Lewis. You have those guys that can make those plays you're not necessarily going to be on the one they're going to find the end zone. Uh, so, I mean, it's a six and one half a dozen. The other, if you are hoping that they're not going to finish drives and kind of rely on that short yardage stuff down by the goal line, if they can get down there, I mean, it's probably not a terrible play. I mean, if you pay what 2,500 bucks, is it, or is it four grand for Dom Davis? I actually haven't checked. I think might, he's got to be over 2,500 for the yeah, rushing might, touchdowns. Yeah. But like, like even the cheap quarterbacks, I mean, at four, like a, I think a non-starter is at 4,000. Uh, if you're getting, if you can get two touchdowns on three yards, you're laughing. I mean, you can pick up points everywhere else. So, if you think that you know the Owls are going to get down there and kind of the offense might stall a little bit, then yeah. But I don't believe that that's going to happen. Like, you still that secondary is still good in Hamilton. Like, I don't know how much I really want to throw in the end zone because you kind of run out of room. But I, 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 I can't do it. No, I I, I kind of wish I had the grapefruits to do it, but I, I totally don't. I think I think we got to mention Reggie White Jr. I mean, he seems like he's now the number two target mm-hmm. in the in the offense. Touchdown Jake hasn't had quite the success this season with Trevor Harris that he has had in the past. Yeah, Re- Reggie White Jr. has twenty six catches on thirty four targets for three hundred twenty four yards. He's averaging uh, 12 point, basically 12 and a half yards a catch. Wow. Doesn't have a touchdown yet. 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 They're coming. I'm starting to wonder if they're going to come in bunches. Yeah, that could happen. You, you Obviously, you want the game where that bunch is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes <laughs> they're, yeah. they're setting for a lot. They're uh, settling for a lot of field goals in Montreal with – with that offense. Yeah. I mean, and the options they have when they get, you know, with inside that, I don't want to call it the red zone, because, but like inside 30 yards, they have Mayala, Winicky, uh, Reggie White. There's options there. And it's just, who are you going to pick? We talk about it with Calgary all the time. Every week it could change, but like these three guys are legit threats. 
when you get down there. And Reggie White just hasn't caught a touchdown pass yet. I think it's basically all it is. Like that's it's just, it hasn't caught one yet. They're coming. The Ticats have a different looking lineup this week. Lamar Durant is set to make his Ticats slash season debut. He's coming off a hand injury. They've got Simone Lawrence off the sixth game. He has practiced not playing Thursday night. Also not playing Chris Van Zyl. Looks like uh, Colin Kelly is going to be taking his place at right tackle. And Carriel Brooks back in the lineup starting at boundary halfback. I like the Ticats in this game. I really like them. Yeah, like, and I was saying that like, we don't know what they are, but I mean, the Owls haven't been a picture of consistency either. No, no. Uh, and really, this game being only, what, a three-point line? It's like a pick em. Yeah, it's basically a pick em, Uh Hamilton being favored at home, and, and they're getting uh, you know help at the receiver core or at the receiver position with Durant. Carriel Brooks is back in that secondary. Like, they – they can they can win football games. They just haven't got around to it. Like we've seen this team win in bunches, and I don't. There's not that many. There hasn't been that many changes. It's like Brandon Banks is gone, but he wasn't a huge part last year. You know, Jalen Acklin's gone. He wasn't a huge part of that offense last year. It's just things aren't coming together, and I. It's at some point it will it will click. I, I it's obviously not too late. They're in the Eastern Division, uh, but yeah, Hamilton winning this game I don't think surprises anybody. Through six games, the Ticats have the least points scored in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 117. That's, that's definitely far from ideal. Actually, sorry, they're second. The Argos have the least points, 106. And they're above 500. Yeah, and they're they're first in the East. <laughs> well, if guess, Hamilton wins this game, do they, they'll, they'll be in second because they'll have the tiebreaker over Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> At two and four, or two, two and five. Sorry, two and five. This this season has been has been wild. I, I want to see as an Oilers fan. I know what the Hamilton fans are going through. Yeah, but that yeah. is just so bad. I uh, I wanted to have Braylon Addison in my lineup last week. They're just giving him the, like, it's almost like the offense will go as he goes, and he's their workhorse. He's getting the tough yards. He is pretty expensive, and part of me wanted to pick Don Jackson, but, man. Can't be trusted. They can't run it. Montreal is giving up five yards a carry on the ground. They've given up nine rushing touchdowns, the second most in the CFL to Edmonton, but still – I cannot pick a Hamilton running back. No. It, if you're going to pick anybody from Hamilton, it has to be a receiver or Dane Evans if you can get good value. Uh, it, they try to run the ball and it doesn't work, and they abandon it pretty quick. Uh, and if you want to put Braylon Addison in your lineup, that's when you have to start Tom Davis. Oh. Right? Well, like, I'm, I'm picking Dane. I'm yeah. taking Dane. He's been my – I think this is my third time picking him just because I'm Got a – There's kind of charm, right? <laughs> cheap like Borscht. <laughs> like, it's like me and mom were talking about UFA fuel cars. They said, well, if I can save $30 on a tank of gas, it's 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I just put got my card. Account. I'm like, yeah, put me on your account. <laughs> I just got my card. I've yeah. been enjoying the cheap oh, fuel. Yeah. I mentioned that, and mom and dad were all over it because they bought the motorhome. They're like, oh, I don't be (laughs) kidding. 
Okay, Riders. I mean, okay, I, I believe the last eight games have been decided in the last three minutes. If you look at the lines this week, I think they're banking on that happening again this week. But the Lions one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Riders, I know that Saskatchewan's at home. I thought that, that that's a pretty juicy line to throw down on BC, isn't it? I don't think so. Not with the news that's come out about Cody Fajardo, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, the way that... Or, like, we don't know who's all going to be back. I'm assuming the vast majority. Well, I think it's juicy because it's only one and a half they have to oh, win. Oh, you by. don't think it's enough? No. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I thought you were just surprised that they were favored. No, 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 no. No, yeah, I, like, you got to jump on that. The only problem is, like, it's going to be minus 110. Well, yeah, that that's a... That's... As a favorite, right? Like, if they, if they were, like, a plus 130 dog and, like, were getting two and a half points i'm on that all day yeah. i still will probably be on it but uh yeah like bc's lost to saskatchewan eight three times this is a different bc team than we've seen in the past i'm pretty Two sure years. the riders had an eight game winning streak against toronto and then now they've lost twice in a row yeah the first time that the season series i i saw has been swept between those two teams and a long, long time. But that math doesn't add up because yeah. – <laughs> but they had a good win streak going against Toronto. Mm-hmm. That came to an end. But the Riders, I think their compete level surprised people on Sunday. I, I think they kind of thought that Toronto was going to walk all over them, but the defense kept them in it. And, well, obviously the BC offense is a different animal than the yeah. Toronto offense. But, but I think I think this Saskatchewan defense so can handle James Butler. Yeah, their rush defense is handled. Handle, I mean, maybe like you know, ninety-five yards. They're not, <laughs> not going to. I don't see them giving up one hundred and fifty to him. The Riders have uh, their their first in rushing yards allowed. Um, <laughs> the Bombers have given up no rushing touchdowns. The Riders have given up one. So. It's not easy to to run against uh, those prairie teams. Oh, what, what are you betting on? <laughs> no, I'm not up his betting. <laughs> Maybe taking somebody out of my lineup. Oh, James Butler. <laughs> hey, that linebacking core in Saskatchewan. <laughs> in Remember when D- Cam Judge left? I'm like, oh, man. And then Moncrief in the offseason, Sankey's still there. It's like, you know, we didn't do too terrible. What what's really surprising me is uh, the defensive line. There are a lot of guys missing in Saskatchewan, yeah. whether they're hurt or they're suspended. But but last week <laughs> or suspended last week, some new players that really played great great football. Demarcus Christmas. Miles Brown played well, and Charleston Hughes, the elder statesman, we'll call him, yep. uh, had a great game for the Riders on the D line. Anthony Even probably should have had some passing yards. <laughs> they have a defensive line factory in Regina right now. Well, the guys that are getting into these games now have to start. Like, I think that they're pushing a little more because they want to prove that they can stay in this lineup. And I think yeah. that's kind of a that's a benefit for this team right now. Like not only are they showing that they have that depth, but that those guys are pushing the other guys to be better. 
competition's not a bad thing. Mm-mm. If you're just going to lay down and keep your, like if you're, if you're just keeping your job on name alone and you're not performing, you're not helping anybody. So, you know, the guys that come in and have played real well in some guys' absence uh, are just, like you said, a D-line factory, pushing those guys that are in the starting lineup to, to be better in state and to keep their spot. Uh, you know, and yeah, maybe these guys go back to the PR, but you know, one little slip up or somebody does something that Dickinson doesn't like, it's going to be real easy to pop guys into that lineup now. And, and they're getting reps. They're getting reps at full game speed, not just in practice. The first time we saw Nathan Rourke was week one last year. I'm still waiting for my e-transfer. <laughs> from from Michael Riley or the Lions? Yeah, from the Lions. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, but it was the first time where the CFL had a betting partner. and Yeah, and like the second game of the season, they screw everybody. Yeah, like three minutes into the season, Michael Riley's not playing. So Nathan Rourke gets the start, and it started rough. But he turned it around, and at halftime, he was 10 of 18, 194 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And then Mike Riley is miraculously healthy enough to play. Yeah, comes back in at halftime. And and the Lions almost came back in that game. Was it not 24-0 at halftime? Yeah, it was. What is with that score? (laughs) <laughs> the most dangerous lead in the CFL, 24 <laughs> points. Yeah, at least it's not 28-3. <laughs> but now Nathan Rourke, he is a yeah. completely different animal. Uh, on fuego. I don't know if we know who he is. Well, he's he's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But now he's going back uh, to where he got his first CFL action with uh, – the whole team on his back. Uh, some great performances so far this season. I mean, Friday night under the lights at Regina, this is going to be a game to watch. Yeah, 100%. And and we've talked about it. You even mentioned, like, yeah, maybe I don't want to sell those tickets in Edmonton yet when BC comes to town. Work is fun. A Canadian quarterback, we, we don't get to see this very often. And when we do, it's guys like Brandon Bridge. Not to disparage Brandon Bridge and guys like that, but we haven't seen them do this. Yeah. No. Uh, the thing is, he started the year hot. Edmonton and Toronto, three touchdowns, no interceptions, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Now it's been two and two, three and two, two and two. Interesting. So that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Especially with, I don't know if Saskatchewan's team do it against because they can get pressure on that quarterback and they can force him into mistakes. And it doesn't help that it's only his second season. Joel Figueroa is uh, questionable. Uh, he's got a quad injury going on right now. Uh, it appears TJ Lee is getting set to play his 100th career game. Uh, the, the thing about the Lions is that they've been able to get everybody involved. And mm-hmm. last week they won an ugly one against Hamilton. So they, they've shown that they can they can give a team fits with their defense as well. And we know that. Well, look at who they have for a DC. Like, yeah. That, that's huge for that with team. Saskatchewan struggles running the ball last week. Mm-hmm. You know that they're going to want to get the running game going this week against BC to try and keep Rourke off the field and also to help out Cody Fajardo. I, I think it's clear at this I, point. Fajardo finish this game. 
Yeah, he's been a full participant. I know some fans have said, give him this week off, and then the Riders have a bye, and then bring him back. He's got ligament damage. His MCL is hurt. And I think now it's clear he's not going to be healthy the rest of the year. So Have we ever seen a completely healthy Cody Fajardo? I don't know. I he's The guy's always banged up, and he's going to have to – uh, he's going to be swallowing a lot of pain the rest of this season, playing on that wrapped knee. So nothing Toradol can't fix. Toradol and some KT tape. <laughs> I mean, one of his strengths has been able to make things happen with his legs, but now they're going to have to rely on Morrow, Hickson, mm-hmm. and of course, I think the Argos maybe game plan for that a little bit. Uh, so. I, I think the Lions have watched that and say, "Hey, we can we can go at this Riders offensive line. They they struggled the last couple of weeks, so they're going to need to step up this week against BC too." Yeah. And I think this is that stretch of schedule with Fajardo being injured. Like, I I don't know how much worse it can get before he tears it, right? Or sprains it, or does something like that. But let's say for the next five weeks, this is where we're really going to see what how big of an impact Mario Alfred's going to have because you're taking a work, some workload off of James Morrow or Jamal Morrow to, you can give him the rock a couple more times and try to establish that run game. And Hickson can spell him off. He's been doing that too. If they can get the run going and get that offensive line engaged and not be playing from behind as much, the, I think that helps Fajardo a ton. Yeah. The Riders, or the Lions, uh, they had Lucky Whitehead going last week. Eight catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Keon Hatcher has been in there in place of Brian Burnham. He's a couple weeks away. Dominic Rimes has impressed this year. And uh, Javon Katoy had a touchdown last week. I'm interested to see if they get that big target, that big Canadian more involved in the offense too. Like, I mean, Keon Hatcher coming in, for Brian Burnham, I don't think we expected him to be lights out. He had a great game, the first but one that Burnham missed, comes, yeah. Right, and I think that's because teams probably slept him on him a little bit. Maybe. Whatever. I mean, they have Dominic Grimes. They have Javon Couture, Uh And they have uh, Lucky Whitehead to, to stretch the defense out and open stuff up for those other guys. This, this defense, or not defense, this receiving core that BC has I mean, they're able to keep that together mainly, a lot of it to do with having Nathan work behind center. That helps. You can pay a little more to get those guys in, uh, but they're producing. And Nathan work is finding them and they're putting up the numbers and teams have to worry about that. And that's opening stuff up for James Butler. Like it's, we talk about how a lot of teams like, talk about Hamilton every week and how one dimensional it seems their offense is BC can kill you both ways. And, and the longer the game goes where they're just kind of ha- where you let them hang around if they're not pulling away. Or if you're not, if you're not pulling away from them, you just let them hang around. They're going to get you. They're always one play away from. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're on their one yard line. They're still dangerous. They have lucky whitehead. Yeah, yeah. One thing that's been weird about this uh, schedule. The, it's the worst. <laughs> well, the Riders and the Lions played three times out of the next four games for Saskatchewan. That- that's fun sometimes, but we had it last year with Calgary. Well, I was, I'm okay with that. It, it really because I I think these West matchups really decide yeah. where you're going to fall for the playoffs. 
So for the Riders, this is going to decide, I think, this stretch here. Mm -hmm. Well, look at They've got BC, Edmonton, BC, BC, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Winnipeg. There's two (laughs) wins there, maybe. And the way they played in Edmonton, who knows? They might split that. But they could literally lose. They could lose all three against BC, lose both against Winnipeg, and split against Edmonton. That's That's realistic. Well, and they got Not three against wrong. Winnipeg. So, yeah, they could lose six. Of, they could lose seven of the next eight. That and that's not. I don't think that's going to be like. Yeah, that is panic alarm probably after the third loss in a row if that happens. But if it does happen, I don't think I would be surprised. Just at how good BC has been, and I mean Winnipeg is Winnipeg, and Edmonton's getting better in the way they played Edmonton in Week Three. Doesn't leave a lot of didn't instill a lot of confidence in me for the Riders. I, I don't see them going six and two in that stretch either. Like they, if this is a point in the schedule they got to weather the storm and they got to go four and four at least. Very crucial stretch in their schedule. It's going to decide mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to go through the playoffs in the West or get or knocked out in the East final or at all. Yeah. Yeah. Big stretch here. Saturday, well, I should mention the Riders bring in back Shaq Cooper. Uh, the running back spent time in training camp there this year. He did have success with with Edmonton. He was in BC. BC last year didn't really go well, yeah. but Shaq Cooper's a, he's a talented back, and if they can get, I mean, three, three didn't backs he have like going? 250 yards or something stupid that one night in Edmonton? Or he had three touchdowns or something, like in the debut or the second game. He put up some gaudy numbers, I remember. Let's pull up this game. 2019, Shaq oh, yeah. Cooper had, uh, against Toronto, 22 carries, 128 yards, a touchdown. He also had five catches for 48 yards yeah. in that same game. That's a pretty darn good game. Yeah. There you go. He's now back with the Riders. Now, Saturday, McMahon Stadium looks like they're probably going to get their biggest crowd of the year. Uh, yeah, Reggie, thousand degrees out. <laughs> Reggie Bagleton has said, "Hey, you want playoff atmosphere? This is playoff atmosphere." The Bombers, one and a half point favorites on over, the road. Yeah, over under at forty seven, but I think it's something like in the past what twenty five meaningful games for Winnipeg, they've lost one. So it's it's tough to bet against bomber uh, the bombers, but a couple things in Calgary's favor, I think the bombers haven't won in McMahon Stadium during the regular season since 2017. Calgary is 19 and two off the bye since 2008. The past seven games between the two teams have been decided by an average margin of victory of 3.6. That's from the game notes supplied by the mm-hmm. CFL. They just played a couple weeks ago, and this is another weird thing about the schedule. Calgary, Calgary sends that game to overtime if, if that ball is caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't on this show. Like, what an yeah. end to a football game. Yeah, and if <laughs> if this game is half as good as that last one, but. That's that's also a weird schedule thing. Calgary plays Winnipeg, goes on by, comes back, plays Winnipeg. Winnipeg's been busy. They they, mm-hmm. they had to play Edmonton in between that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rest versus rest. 
Yeah. <laughs> now the Bombers are encountering some injury issues. Greg Ellingson didn't play against Edmonton last week. He's got a hip issue. Against Calgary, he had 14 targets. It was 11 catches, 152 yards, and he hasn't practiced yet as of recording. So the, the Bombers are dealing with some injury issues, but maybe the great equalizer is that the Calgary Stampeders have been encountering COVID. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say Dakota Prukop. <laughs> Kadeem Carey hasn't practiced this week. He's marked as having an illness. Malik Henry is new there. It, it appears Derek Dennis got over it, was able to practice on Wednesday. So there's some of that going around. A Jameer Thurman missing. So some really good players mm-hmm. that haven't practiced yet this week. So when you're talking about Saturday, if the Thursday practices is wrapped up and we haven't seen Kadeem Carey and we haven't seen Malik Henry and we haven't seen Jameer Thurman, it'll be tough for them to get yeah. into the lineup on Saturday. Yeah, unless, you know, their whole, like, yeah, illness and everything. And maybe it's, you obviously want to keep them away from the team. You don't want other people getting sick. But if they're still able to kind of do stuff on their own uh, at home and try to stay in shape, it's tough. Yeah, you don't know how the guys feel, uh, so it, hopefully they're really feeling de- all right. And two, it depends on what you're going to install in your packages for that week, whether or not, like, Kadeem Carey, if he's healthy to go and you, know, you just can't do the, the stuff they're adding and Peyton Logan has to take some carries, and so be it. Uh, but the names you mentioned, uh, if you're going to bet on Winnipeg, you hop on it now because, you know, come Saturday morning, this could be a five-point game. Yeah. And, it was... then, it's, and then you're you're spending a lot of money. See what those depth charts say. And I know I quoted the Bombers having a great rush defense, second best in the CFL to the Riders, 75.6 yards a game. But the last game, Kadeem Carey had 12 carries, over 100 yards. He had 9.6 yards a carry or something like that. So the Stamps had success running against Winnipeg. Which, I mean, you look at who they're running. You'd be top, he'd be at least the second best. I mean, it's him and Andrew Harris at the top of the list. Yep, yep. And James Butler's making a case now. He's getting up there. He's getting, you know, that workload and he's producing. Uh, but when you got Kadeem Carey, nothing he does surprises me anymore. No. And, and that offensive line in Calgary, we we talk about continuity and everything and how good they are in Winnipeg. Calgary's offensive line, I don't think, gets enough love. Much of that pains me to say. Like, they... They put in a lot of work there, and and it's and it shows like twelve carries, one hundred and ten yards. It's nuts against Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. Jackson Jeffcoat missed the game against Edmonton with a hip injury. Still not practicing this week. Uh, Jeff Gray has a thorax issue, which sounds like something that belongs to an insect. I was going to say the Doctor Seuss. Do I have a thorax? I'm not sure. Well, if he has one. <laughs> but he hasn't practiced this week. The part of the body of a mammal, which okay. are, between the neck mammal. and the abdomen, including the cavity enclosed by the ribs, breastbone, and dorsal vertebrae. That That's seems like, very just where odd. Your, where all your stuff is. <laughs> so that's more like an area of the body. Yeah, it, it's your core. 
it's from here to like your pubic bone. And containing the chief organs of circulation and respiration, so your heart, your lungs. That's it, I guess. Those would be the chief ones. So I don't know if you it hurt your, your thorax cavity. or if you hurt something within your thorax, but it sounds like something I don't want to hurt. No, well, yeah, it sounds like something Danny DeVito would voice. <laughs> but Patty Newfeld also hasn't practiced. Johnny Augustine hasn't practiced. Winnipeg is... Uh, Notorious, and I think players like playing for Mike O'Shea because if they're banged up, they let them rest yeah. and they get out there and play because that's what players like to do. And it's winning them championships, keeping guys yeah. healthy, they're able to go on those runs. Like it's it's worked out very well. Yeah, you can't argue with it with the strategy there. And you, you did mention kind of seems kind of seems like the exact opposite of Don Matthews. <laughs> you did mention Dakota Prukop. He's off the sixth game. He may be ready to return. So maybe he's the guy getting the rushing touchdowns on the goal line for what the about Bombers. Brown? <laughs> and here's one. Bo Mitchell needs 362 yards to pass Henry Burris for Next the week. all-time Calgary Stampeders passing leader. Next week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's also the only starting quarterback for the Stamps to ever win two great cups. Wow. With the Stamps. There have been. That's, that's my favorite stat because they lost so many. Like, they won in 08. Yeah. And they didn't win again until Edmonton, but they had been there. Yeah. Or, you know, or lost West Finals. And it was like, and then you see the stat that he'd only, yeah, okay, we all know, we all know Bo only has one great cup, but so did every other. Calgary started. Okay, so Bo won 2014 in Vancouver, and he won 2018 in Edmonton. Oh, 2014 in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So he he does have two to his name, yeah. and, and he's the only starter for Calgary. I think that does. Wow, wow. You this is a crazy stat. So the Argos five and a half point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks Sunday football. All right. McLeod Bethel Thompson needs 97 yards for 10,000 in his career. He's already fifth all time on the Argos list. Yep. And everybody's like, well, this team's been around for a hundred and some years. Yeah. How long, how long were they not allowed to throw the ball? <laughs> I know Forward. that's part of it. Like, <laughs> that's, of, that's a lot of it. When did, uh, I'm reading, I'm reading that book right now and I'm trying to like, Decipher what the hell is, what the hell they're talking about in these football games. I have no idea what's going on <laughs> before 1940. <laughs> well, when did the forward and, and pass names. really become explosive? You know, yeah, yeah, unreal names. You're right. <laughs> like it was probably the 80s. Really, I know there were 60s and 70s, but it was still very run focused. So. Mm-hmm. The the continuous quarterback carousel in Toronto forever. Ninety okay, twenty twenty. November fifth, nineteen twenty one was the first forward pass in Canadian football. <laughs> so just over a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not that maybe it is kind of crazy that nobody's there yet or that he's there already. But it's also been a turnstile. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Harris needs six more yards. I wonder if he'll do it uh, to pass Chad Owens for ninth on the all-time combined yards list. 
and he needs 218 yards to pass Charles Roberts for fifth all time. So maybe that's why Andrew Harris continues to suit up. It's all about legacy, and he keeps moving up the record books with every couple games, and I can see you rolling your eyes. You're just sick of it. Yeah, and I've never heard of Chad Owens or Charles Roberts getting popped. So <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Except he is in my lineup. So if he catches Charles Roberts this week, that's great. Yeah, yeah. if he has a 218-yard <laughs> game, yeah. I, I'm smiling. But I was listening to a podcast, and the samples being tainted isn't that crazy of an idea because they're all made in the same place and the vats that you know they make steroids as well so there is definitely cross contamination i get that but i i just don't buy it with him because we've heard so many stories about it i was going to say are, are you giving him the benefit of the doubt no, like this? Not, not him i'll give anybody else <laughs> i was like this is a new tie no, same old tie same old shot tie. 105 today. <laughs> this golf is a hobby. <laughs> the Argos have also brought in quarterback Khalil Tate. You might recognize the the name because he spent training camp with the Edmonton Elks with 14 other quarterbacks. <laughs> it was basically who did that. Who did the quarterback or uh, John Gruden on Monday Night Football? The quarterback camp. Oh. Basically, what, basically what the Elks were this year. <laughs> he uh, did play with the University of Arizona, uh, the U of A. Um, <laughs> so did Gronk. Oh, all right. 6,300 passing yards, 57 TDs in his career there. Also uh, a terrible conference. <laughs> something to note that Khalil Tate is now a uh, Toronto Argonaut. I, I want to see if so this... how long until they release McLeod's company. <laughs> Great question. Uh, let's see if the Argos really start to get some consistency here. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got an opportunity, which hey. means that they might let Ottawa win. <laughs> three three wins in a row, and that's a winning streak. According it is. to Lou Brown. Uh, but yeah, this this is just your classic game where Ottawa comes in and wins by fifteen because Toronto lays an egg. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, but I mean, how realistically can they give Andrew Harris the ball twenty times a game again? Thirty three last week, Travis. They matched his number. That's insane. Twenty six carries, seven catches. <laughs> He touched the ball over 30 times. If he does that against Ottawa... He might he, he might put up 400 yards. He could have 250 yards. Yeah, 100%. If they have the same game plan, I don't know if they do. The Red Blacks have the second worst rushing offense, or defense, sorry, in the CFL, giving up 113 yards a game. They're giving up 5.1 yards a carry. They've given up eight rushing touchdowns. But they're also giving up the most pass yards a game. Uh, they're giving up the most yards per completion. They have given up 11 passing touchdowns. They're giving up the best completion percentage. On the surface, it looks like the Argos should run all over Ottawa. On the surface, yes. Yeah, that's the key phrase there. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned all of that. And Caleb Evans this year 
had a real slow start, but his last two weeks have been 26.3 and 33.1 points when it comes to fantasy-wise. And it's because they're playing from behind all the time. And those stats just reinforce it. His value is that he's a rushing quarterback, mm-hmm. and uh, that used to be Vernon yeah, Adams. Three, he didn't break 300 yards in those games. Yeah. But he had sixty. He had 62 and 52 rushing yards and, four, and two touchdowns in each game. Yeah. See, that's the Vernon Adams uh, mm-hmm. used to be why he was so attractive in fantasy. Cody Fajardo, now he's got the knee issue. Now Caleb Evans. Yeah, and Masoli as well. But now Caleb Evans is that guy. Yeah, and you've been putting him in your lineup, and it's been working out. And value is there if he's going to keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just you mentioned all those stats. It's a lot to keep trying to overcome week in and week out. Yeah, and uh, just this week, I, I saw what Toronto's front did to Saskatchewan's. And I'm not saying Saskatchewan's O line is the same as Ottawa's. They've got they've got veteran players on the line in Ottawa, but they're gonna have their hands full yeah. with the Toronto front. This, this game could be sneaky good. Yep. I honestly do believe that, and I think it's because Toronto if they're it's a trap. I'm not sure if Toronto's front on their defense gets enough credit. Yeah. Yet, I guess if they do this again and they continue to do it consistently, then Garrett Davis on the goal line. Yeah, you can't ignore it anymore. No. So, I mean, Sean Oakman is an absolute monster. Moamba is still running around doing his thing, delivering big hits. So, you want to run at Garrett Davis? I don't. No, I do. I don't want to run at anybody on a CFL <laughs> roster. But maybe I'd, a kicker. Pros versus Joe's the two and out edition. Uh, how we wouldn't last. I, I don't even know I, why I'd be I said willing that. to take a hit. I, I'd be willing to pay to see you take a hit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's like, what did I do? What have we done? Okay. Is there a CFL player willing to suit up? And we'll do like the Johnny Knoxville, uh, Jackass. Jared Allen one? Oh, my God. Where uh, we, we punt to tie. He has no blockers, and we see what happens. I get, yeah, but I get five yards. <laughs> what I want to see, you go for the slide, and then they just come in with the late hit. Does not matter. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Antonio Simmons has been signed by the Ottawa Red Blacks. He is a veteran defensive lineman in the CFL, and I, I'm intrigued to see who's going to get the big game in Ottawa's receiving core, or at least who's going to get used. The targets. Yeah. yeah. Jalen Acklin and Darvin Adams both had 100 yards last week. If that continues, they're going to start winning football games. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if, if they can, if they can, like it's real tough to get two 100-yard receivers, but to get two of them and still lose that football game, that's got to sting. Nate Bahar is really intriguing me. Mm-hmm. He's not making the big play, but last week he had six catches against Montreal. He had five against Hamilton, four and a touchdown against Saskatchewan. 
they're really throwing him the ball, and he's really involved in that Ottawa offense. And I'm also intrigued by uh, Terry Williams. He gets out of the offense a little bit, and he seems to be returning a lot of kicks. And if uh, Toronto's going to try more 60-yard field goals, maybe he'll have an opportunity to run one of those back. I mean, fantasy point-wise, Terry Williams is averaging 7.5 a game. And he's like, what, 2,800 or something like that? Yeah, and he doesn't get a lot of touches. Like his, his highest rate was six targets and one and one carry. It's all been returns. And then you look at Nate Bahar, uh, 26 of 33 for a 78.8% catch rate and 280 yards and a touchdown. Man. Like he's, he's averaging 10.8 yards a catch. Like he's, when he gets the ball thrown to him and he's making the catches. Yeah. He's above 78%. They got weapons. Everything's going to come together at some point. I don't know. If, it's probably not too late because they're in the East. Uh, no, it's never too I think late. When, in the I East. think when the, ex, when the experts picked them to win the East, I don't think they thought it would be a seven and whatever win, a seven and 11 team winning the East. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> That's not the way yeah. that they drew it up. <laughs> this, is, this is the. Saints going seven and nine and going into Seattle, or the, the Seahawks going seven and nine and hosting a playoff game, and Marshawn yeah. Lynch breaking thirteen tackles for a touchdown. Yeah, forty-seven and a half the over/under. I feel like that's a juicy one to take the I, over. Oh yeah, I I really think this might hit sixty. All right, that seventy-three points scored between uh, Montreal and Ottawa last week, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a real shot they could put up points here. And you know Andrew Harris is going to want to have a big game. He doesn't yeah. want to get 15 yards and just barely pass. He wants to get – he wants 150 on the ground and another 100 in the air if he can get it. He's going to pad those stats, pad yeah. those stats. The CFL Podcast Fantasy League this week is you versus me. Okay, let's get a little inside baseball here. Who's higher in the standing? I actually think it's me. Okay, so I have to lose that. <laughs> I will Jeff Jarrett for you. I just watched that last night. I just watched the Booker T A&E one. But the last, like when Russo was ruining WCW, and yeah, Jeff Jarrett just laid down. I'll do that so that you can make your push. To the or the finger poke of doom, Hogan, Hogan unmasked. Yep. Yeah, I will be your Jeff Jarrett. Okay, so the toughest thing about my fantasy lineup is I've got a thousand dollars left over. I have forty-four. Okay, dollars, not thousands. <laughs> what? He's got negative four thousand. <laughs> okay, Dane Evans, uh, Andrew Harris. Right now, I've got Peyton Logan. Um, mm. We'll see if he starts against Winnipeg. I mean, four thousand bucks. Might as well throw him in. I've uh, paired up Stephen Dunbar with Dane Evans. I got Nate Bahar, Cam Phillips of the Argos in my flex. Taking the Argo defense. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that game, the Argos turned the ball over five times last week. There could yeah, be turnovers. a lot of opportunity. There could be turnovers both ways, but mm-hmm. I, I think it would be fun to watch anyway. That, that Mira Alford fumble lost oh. my week, my matchup. Yeah. Um, it did. And I don't think your I believe that your roster is in balance. You don't have a twenty five hundred dollar player. You always have a twenty five hundred dollar player. I do, I do. You're cheating. <laughs> You're basically cheating. Who are you uh playing this week? Uh I'm going with Bo and I'm matching him up with Kamar Jordan to have a big bounce back. 
I think he's gonna be playing a little pissed off after after, after last how week. we went last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Harris and William Powell, so the two running backs going against each other. Uh, Mario Alford, Hergie Mayala, and the Al's D against Hamilton. Who are you picking to win? That is a whole nother story. <laughs> Man, this week uh, isn't fun. I've got the Cats, Lions, Stamps, Argos. Owls, Lions, Bombers, Red Blacks. We agree on one game. Yeah. I think the Red Blacks have a legit shot. Well, yeah, they do. They've been all in almost every game. They when was the last time we saw Toronto win three games in a row? <laughs> Probably the Flutie days. <laughs> yeah, 97. <laughs> well, I guess we could say the 2012 Grey Cup when they won. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and the idiot that I am, I was cleaning the condo the other day, and I have, like, coffee table books because I'm cultured. <laughs> and I pull out. The 2017 Johanny Dutras book or what? Like the together one. On I'm the looking one. at it. Why did we not bring that up? Talking to Ricky, and like, I really feel like we missed some questions. Well, we are idiots. Well, I'm not denying that, Travis. <laughs> well, like, I, I guess, picked it up. I'm like, well, I found this two weeks late. I guess or we got two weeks late. I guess we got to call. Ricky up again. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> hey, we don't. This, uh... <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from, and Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you do decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you're helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, so in five years, it'll be the 10th anniversary of the 2017 Grey Cup. So we'll call Ricky in five years. He'll have forgot about us by then, hopefully. Oh, yeah, and I'll probably have forgotten about the book by then again. <laughs> Coming up on Tuesday after the August long weekend, which I, I'm not sure it's a stat in all of Canada, but it is uh, for us. I call it different things. Oh, Okay. Civic holiday in Alberta, I know that. Yeah, it's on my iPhone. It gives you, like, what PI calls it. Oh, okay. Those things. I I don't need it. I just know I get paid. Not enough, but I get paid. Nick Lewis, CFL great with the Calgary Stampeders and the Montreal Alouettes, will be on the show. Enjoy week eight. Enjoy your long weekend. Stay cool. And, hey, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. It helps the show out, helps other people find us, which... Maybe that would be something you if want to you show really your worst hate, enemy. If you really hate that person, then give them the link. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk also, to you. Also, I noticed my cup in, in the background. Oh, yeah. I got One your Stampeders Slurpee cup over my yeah, shoulder. Now, now we're <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.